You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome in. Minor Talk is live. Along with Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bradas. I'm back. Thanks to UTEP Zay for holding it down last week. Along with Sal Montes, we are back in action. Miners are back uh, to their losing ways, unfortunately. Uh, Miners have not played well throughout this past stretch. It's been a tough season for this team. No sugarcoating it. Uh, Joe Golding understands it. You can't you can't say much about this team other than they're twelve and fourteen. They are what they are. They're the tenth place team in Conference USA, um, and they dropped this game against the third place team in Conference USA. UAB is one of the best teams in the league. Uh, this is a team that could still contend for the conference championship, and for UTEP, they can't. I, I, they're not a conference contender, and uh, I know that fans are impatient. I know that. It's uh, frustrating left and right. But let me just be – let's set the right expectations here. This season right here is what it is. Uh, They're not winning the conference championship this year. They're not winning the conference USA. They're not going to win the tournament either. And they're not playing postseason hoops this year. But – you have to kind of look and see how this team progresses week by week to see which guys you kind of want to stay here and which guys you don't necessarily want to stay here. And Sal, I, I don't think it's that big of a surprise. I know that there are so many people out there who get passionate, they get frustrated, they get oh, they overreact to losses like this. But this is the third place team in the league beating the the tenth place team in conference USA. Yeah, and and that shows how different uh, you know teams can be. This not only the second time that they played each other. Uh, but from where they meet at the first time, right? Because that first game, Miners were pretty much in control. Basically, had um, you know the lead for all of like forty seconds in regulation, some some crazy stat like that. But either way, though, they were poised to win it. And although they fell in in that overtime game, double overtime game at Bartow Arena, it sparked some hope. Like, hey, you know what? This team can hang with the best of them. But ultimately, that that might be as as good as it's going to get. You know, you might have a puncher's chance here and there. But this second time around. You know, they, they fought in spurts. Don't get me wrong. But UAB is just, just too good uh, of a team to to be in a tight game with the Miners the second time around. They, they figured them out, you know, not only in the final stretch of the first game, but also in overtime. And then also you saw it here. UTEP, it, it was very hard for UTEP to afford scoring droughts. For UAB, they could because next thing you know, you blink and it's an 8 nothing run. You know, it's out to your point. I think you make a great one uh, in that these teams, maybe that first game when UTEP played UAB so closely, that might be the anomaly. That might be the yeah. – it's just like it, – it, Yes, they played them close. It was a double overtime game, and the Miners should have won that contest. They should have won that game. But outside of that one, UTEP loses to Florida Atlantic at home, 67-59. They lose to North Texas by 10 on the road, 52-42, a game in which they only score 42 points, by the way. They lose to Middle Tennessee, which is the fourth-best team in the league, 84-72. That's a 12-point loss on the road. And then losing tonight against UAB, 79-66. When it comes to the best teams in Conference USA, outside of that double overtime loss, UTEP has struggled. And yeah, you can make the argument to me that UTEP is right there with them in games. Sure. Uh, I, when Joe Golding is saying, hey, in the last uh, X minutes of the first half, that's minor basketball, is it? 
because we've seen the other side of UTEP basketball uh, yeah. more than we've seen the good side of UTEP basketball. And the good side is hard defense, getting back on defense, you know, scoring when you can offensively, but really locking down defensively. And unfortunately for the Miners tonight, they couldn't do it against a far superior team in UAB. That that team is really good, and that team can win Conference USA when it's all said and done. Yeah, and as far as the, that being minor basketball, I, I don't agree with that. That's what you hope it would be. That That's for sure. It was impressive. There, there's no denying that. The final stretch in the first half today, albeit they were down two to go into halftime, Fans are riled up. They were they were ready. They were excited at that point. But ultimately, I think that's minor basketball at its best. But that's what maybe four minutes out of or maybe two three minutes really out of an entire season so far. So that sample size is very very small. It's something to build off of for sure. But people haven't seen that much at all this year. No, they haven't. And uh, I look at UAB, Sal, on the other side. That UAB team right there, number one, they've been together. Andy Kennedy has minutes continuity on that roster. I mean, how many times have we seen Jordan Walker? How many times do we see... KJ Buffin and Trey Jemison. I I think this there's two uh, stories with UAB that you can look at right here. Number one, you have a number one player in uh, in Jordan Jelly Walker, the best player in Conference USA, the best guard in the league. Uh, he was lighting it up tonight. He's dealt with injuries this year, but what he did today was so special. Twenty two points, four three pointers. He also contributed with uh, with an assist in this game and thirty. 36 minutes of action, really playing his full extended minutes of, of play for the first time in a while. And you look at the guy, so it's one guy like that. You have an alpha male like that. Then you surround him with high-level rotation players, uh, high-level starters as well. I'm talking about Brewer, who has been there for a while. I'm talking about Jemison, who has been there for a while. K.J. Buffin. These guys could score 15 to 20 points on the worst teams in Conference USA, yet they take a backseat role on this UAB team to uh, benefit this whole Blazers squad. I mean, K.J. Buffin still gets his 10. Eric Gaines from LSU still scores in double figures. Uh, Ty Brewer still is getting in double figures. And same with uh, Ladarius Brewer as well. So the the distribution is there. But the sign yeah. of a good team is balance right there with UAB. I was just very impressed by them. And it just showed me what the winning recipe in Conference USA is. You need an alpha number one guy. And then you need to surround him by other guys who, hey, they could still be alphas on another team, but they're taking a back backseat role because they know the greater good of the team. Well, aside from from having just one alpha, right, we know that's Jelly Walker, without a doubt. And and we could even look at all of Conference USA and say he is the alpha of the entire conference, without a doubt. In my I agree. Opinion. So that's number one, right? But you mentioned guys like K.J. Buffin, uh, Ladarius Brewer, um, you know, looking down the, uh, the list here, Ty Brewer, who was impressive tonight as well. When Jelly Walker steps off the court, Somebody else is taking over that alpha role when when the reserves come in, or you know whenever that second in command is uh, is stepping up. So that's very impressive when it comes to UAB. But looking alongside of it, you're going to get the most out of them because looking at these minutes distribution, Adrian Tony Tony. We heard that name a lot, but he only got four points tonight. That means he was involved. He was active all over the floor, and he still got 11 minutes. That was the least amount of minutes played by a UAB player tonight. So you talk about minutes continuity. 
these guys are playing in bunches, and whoever steps on the floor, you're going to get a lot of. Our telephone number tonight is 915-505-6009. I expect a quiet night. We're not going to go on too long tonight. I'll be honest with you all. We'll we'll probably keep it a little uh, short tonight. We'll go a little longer um, Saturday against North Texas. Uh, that one will be kind of the cap for all the, the weekend's events and the weekend, I guess, uh, games and all of that. So we'll call that one a little longer. This one will be a little shorter minor talk, uh, but we do have things to mention. We do have things to talk about. 915-505-6009. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Uh, trust the Oscar Arieta Agency when it comes your, uh, to your auto, your home, your life, and your commercial business insurance needs. That's the Oscar Arieta Agency, locally owned, and uh, he is proud to be the official insurance agent of the UTEP Miners. Uh, Want to mention also that we'll get to our awards later on in the show, our hot hand of the game brought to you by wind supply el paso and our player of the game thanks to keith southwest uh but before we do that let's go over to what was um what was the in the press conference lock or i, I guess the press conference after the game tonight joe rod had a little soundbite from head coach joe golding regarding leadership uh and appreciate joe rod sending this over to us after uh today's game these upcoming games that you have coming up uh, looks like this team could benefit from some leadership. I don't think it's something yeah, I've you about all year long. Yeah, yeah I think it's been about all year. Leadership. Yeah, I think it's been about all year. You know, let's, let's be honest. It's been about all year uh, behind the scenes. We really don't have a leader, you know, and so uh, it's just, it's something that we, we've battled and um, when, when you don't have a player-led program at times, it makes it difficult, you know, and so um, you know, that, that, that's been that's been a, that's been a struggle um, with us, but um, and, and, and then I thought our ball movement, I just think our ball movement can be so much better. You know, I think we had four assists at, at the end of the first half. We end up with nine. Um, you know, I just think we're taking some tough shots. You know, we have some possessions where we make four or five passes and we get a really good look. You know, and then there's times we come down, make one pass, and we jack a shot or we take a tough contested shot. And that's, that's tough to do against UAB because they're going to take that and they're gone, you know, in transition. So, again, just got to – uh, hey, we, nothing changed with us, man. You know, we're doing everything the same. Uh, we'll wake up uh, in the morning. We'll uh, actually we'll be up all night watching North Texas tape and get up in the morning, come up with a game plan and practice tomorrow at 3 o'clock and give our guys what we think is the best chance to win. And uh, hopefully our guys can rally and, and can compete on Saturday. So uh, you heard from head coach Joe Golden right there talk a little bit about the leadership or maybe a little lack thereof, struggling to find that true leader right there. Sal, uh, quick thoughts on this one right here. Yeah, I think it's evident, too, because all season we'll be talking about who's going to step up and be that guy uh, to command that that presence on the floor. And, I mean, you might get it here and there in other games, but it still leaves you guessing. So uh, I think that's a big, big part of the lack of success for this team's offense, too, because you want to ride the hot hand, but very rarely does somebody have the hot hand on this team. You, you, you see the heart there. That We're not questioning that at all. But I think in terms of, of that true alpha, that number one guy, it hasn't been there all year. No, it hasn't. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Let's go to one of our favorites. It's Minor Pat, who's joining okay. us first. Minor Pat, what's going on? Hi there. How are you? We're doing fine. How about yourself? Happy New Year. Well, same to you. Um, I, I was at the game. And I, 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 I mean, I, after all the time I have been going to watch Miners play, this team is is totally different. 
Um, they came out in the first half, same way they came out in the second half. They 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 played some defense, missed some defense. They 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 at the beginning of the first half they made their free throws. Second half they missed their free throws. Those free throws is what would have kept them in the game. I think my opinion, my opinion only. Um, we need a guy in the middle like like um, UAB have fifty five. Yeah, Jemison is and perfect. Zero. I agree with you. You know what I mean? I mean, they're, they're, you know, there's a big guy in the middle. He and you should have seen how he was pushing our guys around, and and that, we need somebody like that, and we need somebody that can shoot threes because you know basically we don't have anybody that can do that. I'm disappointed. I, I thought we were gonna be a lot better this year, but you know, I, I'm I don't know. I just, I just want them to close out. Um, you know, this this, this um, season and, and hopefully we, we can get some more guys in um, over the summer and stuff like that. Hey, I appreciate it, Minor Pat. You you know better than most people. You follow this program probably as closely as anybody else, and I think you hit on some really, really good points right there. Number one, a big, uh, I've heard this tossed around a lot. Now, I'll, I'll throw it to you, Sal, and I'll ask your, your que- um, you this question, but do you think the need for a big, a big is that urgent for the Miners where they need to go out and get a forward uh, to sub in and maybe, I don't know, maybe take the minutes away from a Zarek Onyema or like like a Calvin Solomon, do you think they need a big um, to, to spell those minutes right there? Well, I wouldn't necessarily say a big just for the sake of a position. I think what they need primarily is a scorer, somebody who you could rely on for for a good volume amount of points every night because uh, defense can can be taught. That's what Coach Golding was mentioning on a, one of the uh, the radio shows. He said, hey, defense can be taught. They want to go out and get some dudes, something along the lines of that, but Offensively, that that's tough to uh, you know to come by. To have somebody who could go out there and get you points night in and night out, that's in my opinion the priority. And I say this because UAB is one of the better rebounding teams in the league. I know the Miners out rebounded them in Game One, but. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if uh, UAB out-rebounded tonight, as was the case. So rebounding isn't too much of an issue pretty much all year, right? It, consider who they're going against tonight. But ultimately, they didn't have a guy like Jelly Walker on their floor, you know? And, so, and, and that's where it's hurting them. Yeah, so I see where you're going. You're leaning more toward, hey, they need help in the backcourt. I see where Pat is going with having more of an enforcer down low. I think that's probably the right word for it, whether it was Jevian Davis, number zero, or uh, Trey Jemison, 55. Those guys are enforcers, and they didn't really put up big stats at all in this game, but they're just kind of, you, you feel their presence. They're, uh, they get in your head yeah. kind of thing. And I here's, here's my thing. So I've maintained this throughout the season. Um, the two guys are, I guess, through the latter part of the season, the two guys I really want back next year, if I'm a UTEP fan, are Calvin Solomon and Otis Frazier III. Those are at least my two guys, knowing that Shamar Givens is out. He's going to obviously graduate. He's a graduate transfer. Um, knowing that there could be turnover on this team when it's all said and done, knowing just what the transfer portal is. Uh, two other players who have entered my, um, I guess, 
closed list of guys I want back for next year, I do want Zarek Onyema back. I think that 16 points today played his best basketball, uh, career high in terms of scoring. I think he could be a great off-the-bench scorer for a great Conference USA team, or he could start games, and then you could bring off this enforcer that we're talking about off the bench to help Zarek Onyema. And now when it comes to Calvin Solomon, I agree with Coach Golding completely. 32 minutes is way too much for Calvin Solomon, but if you're getting 20 minutes of him, that's excellent. But you need somebody to spell those minutes. He had five steals in this game, but he also had costly fouls, he had costly turnovers, and he makes mistakes at times. But but you'll look over those mistakes knowing just how hard Calvin Solomon really plays down down low. Um, And Jonathan Dos Anjos is probably my last guy that I would include on that list as well. That could come uh, to a surprise uh, to some people, but I like Jonathan Dos Anjos. I think he could be a nice three for the Miners, maybe not necessarily a four, but... I think with those guys right there, if you have Otis Frazier, Calvin Solomon, uh, Zarek Onyema, and Jonathan Dos Anjos returning to, for uh, next year's team, you have rotational guys. You have guys you could plug in the system, and then you go out and get yourself three-point shooters, just like Pat's saying, because right now, Sal, they have no one who could shoot. No one. Three of 14 from beyond the arc. It's just another game where you're frustrated with this team scoring um, You know their challenges. They, they just don't have the scoring efficiency that we thought they would have earlier into the season. And you know what? All those names you just mentioned, they're they're quote-unquote, if you want to put it this way, bigs, or they're forwards. So when it comes to the points distribution, where, where is that going to come from? We know all, we know on the glass, right? This team can control it um, for a large part of the games, but ultimately it's it's pretty much a guard heavy league and and when you all were talking about like what do you think is the priority is it a big that UTEP needs to go after i think they need a scorer if, if it happens to be a big you're right. you know th- then so be it so i mean i see what you're saying we, playmaker we, yeah like we saw what Vince Hunter could do what almost 10 years ago so, Bryson nine, Williams too Bryson Williams so doesn't matter the size of the player just have somebody who could score because the effort's always going to be there defense is always going to be there but the points are what's hard to come by uh, our telephone number 915 915- 505-6009. Good telephone call there by Pat. The last thing I'll say about um, is this, because I think she made some really good points in her phone call. I'll say this as well. Uh, the importance of finishing the season strong, okay? She talked about that, hoping that they would close out the season in a, in a positive way. That does more for your momentum going into recruiting than it does anything else. That's just uh, that's how I look at it right there. I look at the way that you close out the season. That's not it doesn't matter for the players who are on the team right now. It doesn't matter for your fans because look, there was 3000 and change there and I think that's generous for what was actually there at the Haskins Center tonight. So the fans, it's it's you know they're on to next year already. So yeah, I, I just kind of look at this team right here, and I think if they f- finish out the season in a on a positive note, that's only leverage for them going into the off season trying to get other players. Because right now, what we I, what we've concluded is this wasn't the right team. This wasn't the right makeup of a team. I think they're kind of looking uh, to close out this season. They're trying. They're looking to that finish line right now because once that finish line hits it's recruiting time and it's uh year three of joe golding to see what he could uh you know do in that year so um we'll keep it going our telephone number 915-505-6009 to get into the 
show. Our telephone number again, 915-505-6009. Hunter is next on the show. We got a lot of tweets to get to as well. Hunter, good evening, my friend. What's going on? What's going on, guys? How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're doing fine, Hunter. How are you doing, man? No, oh, man, can't complain. You know, a little cold out there, but not bad. Not not as bad uh, as we thought in the Haskins Center, right? It's chilly outside, though. <laughs> yeah. Man, in typical UTEP fashion, man. Heating's been around for two centuries, and we can't get our can't get a full referee crew. I mean, it's about the Yeah, actually, real stuff. quick, I, for fans who don't know what happened, only two officials tonight. That was weird. When do we see that? This is a Division One college basketball game, not high school basketball. That's the weirdest thing because there's always alternates. You know, in every sport at the Division One level, there's alternates. So there's always a local guy that might call smaller level college ball that's available should someone get sick or something happen. So it's really weird. Uh, I don't get it. You know, they but you know that, that's the most UTEP uh, way to go about the game, though. I hear um, you. You know, and it, it, you guys ask, you know, is, is a big uh, a solution or do they need this? Do they need that? I think the the real question is what don't they need? You know, there's not one position that's going to – this whole team needs to be scrapped minus Solomon. You know, uh, Onyema seems like a, a great person, you know, comes from a good family, obviously. It looks like it's the first time he's ever touched the basketball. I mean, all his points almost come as oops or dunks. You know what I mean? Like like it was an accidental good move, and he, and he put it in. How are you that big and that athletic and not grab a defensive rebound? That that's, he, He's not a Division One basketball player at a high level. He's got the body for it. And I mean, if it was a looks contest, hey, he's the guy. It's not the case. You know, Gibbons and Solomon seem like the only ones giving it their all not just going through the motions. Everybody else is going through the motions. And unfortunately, Givens is going to be gone. So Solomon's really the only one worth keeping on this team. I mean, you guys see it any other way? Okay, I I don't know, um, Hunter, about that Onyema assessment right there. I would just say this. Like, I, I can hear where you're coming from, and I'm not going to argue your thoughts against Onyema uh, as, as far as what you think of him as a player. I'm just saying this. When it comes to guys who actually want to play for UTEP basketball – I just want them here. Like, Onyema wants to play for UTEP, and uh, he's he could be maybe a guy who starts for you next year, comes off the bench right away in the first within the first five minutes, but then comes off and off the bench and kind of provides you a spark. I don't know how you recruit for that. I, I really don't, and I think recruiting for bigs is much uh, harder now than it was previously. It's hard to recruit backups. It's like a call we got a couple years ago. I think they were questioning Christian Agnew and saying like, well, why don't you want Christian Agnew on this team moving forward? You can't necessarily go out and say, hey, you want to be my backup point guard? No one wants to be that role. No, no one wants that kind of... And I'm not saying Onyema or Otis Frazier or Jonathan Dosanjos will necessarily come off the bench uh, guaranteed next year. I'm just saying if those guys are program guys and they want to be here I, I'm in I'm I'm saying that if they have a little bit of raw athleticism and they have some upside to them I want them on on this UTEP team because I think it's much harder to recruit these guys than we think you know I, I gotta disagree with you and completely actually I don't care who wants to play for UTEP you need to bring in the you know that, that's such an El Paso mentality like oh they want to play for 
no kids growing up anywhere else in the country saying, I want to play for UTEP. It's just, it doesn't happen. And it's the same thing for NMSU year in and year. And I realize our program's not a complete train wreck like theirs, but they've recruited talent to Las Cruces, New Mexico. Nobody knows it exists outside of Las Cruces, New Mexico. So we need talent, not people that enjoy UTEP. That, that's such a homer thing to say that doesn't matter. And, and the only scary part for me is uh, just from watching his substitution pattern and who he favors, and I'm still – Joe Golding is an X's and O's guy and coach. I'm still behind. I'm starting to wonder, and correct me if you all think differently on this, I don't think he knows what talent is. I, I really don't. You know, Solomon's the best player on the team, and I would not – he's not very talented. His, his success is based off of his desire. He just wants that ball. He goes after it. He's ultra-aggressive down low. He's just – he's a guy that gets after it. He's not that talented, you know, and, and, and Golding will put a defensive liability like Onyema in there that is just totally lost and has no clue how to play defensive basketball when there's no doubt that Kalu is the better player. Talent-wise, it's, it's, it's not close. Kalu knows how to play basketball. And I don't know if you remember early on in the season, he was grabbing boards at an extremely high rate, and uh, he just doesn't even sniff the court. You know, so as far as talent, man, I don't know if he knows how to judge it, much less go find it. Do, do you all see it otherwise? I mean, this wow, is I'm so here. I'm so fascinated that you think Kalu is better than Onyema because I've watched them both every single game, and I don't see this that is at all. I don't see that one bit. I see Onyema. You got to watch the defensive end. I, I, I mean, do. I, they, I know. They, I know what you're talking. I know that Onyema is not where he could be defensively, and Kalu is. He has urgency when he plays uh, defense. He does, and sometimes Onyema just gets a little lost on defense. That's what. That's how I would uh, characterize his defense. But I would say what he brings offensively is still a bigger plus than what Kalu brings offensively. Kalu's kind of a zero offensively. Unfortunately, he was zero for three tonight. And he had some easy looks, too. They bring the same thing offensively. I mean, it's only the last two games that Onyema's actually found the basket. Oh, both of them I don't know. Both of them aren't very efficient from further than three feet out. They, neither one has a jump shot. And as far as defense, he doesn't get lost occasionally. He's lost every single possession. They just don't find it every time. And a lot of it comes, I can't remember which team exploited it, but on the pick and rolls up top, he mm-hmm. gets lost on that back cut every time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's bigger than Onyema. And I, I think if he develops more, he, he can stay on the team. He should not be a starter. But the, the bigger concern is, is this was Golding's team. He, he went out and recruited. And in his mind, and I think you, you remember this, he said he only missed on one actual player that he wanted. Other than that, he got everybody he wanted. So I look at it, right. and, I, and, I, and he's a good coach. And, and 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 all, but this is his team, so I don't feel bad for him. He said he went out and got his people, and this is a direct result of that. So, do you see uh, just a different recruiting philosophy? I agree. I agree with you completely on how you assess that right there. And I would say this: I think he needed to scrap his exact 
philosophy that he used for this year. I think his philosophy was, let me get guys who play defense, guys who come in with zero baggage, guys who maybe don't have, who have a little, uh, you know, history of playing at the Division One level, but maybe have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I think next year it's going to be about proven offense. That that's my opinion. If you got, if you look at the profile of the guys that he will recruit, he could recruit next year. It will be guys who have offensive prowess to them and have some kind of proven offensive stuff to their game. Do, do you think he he knows what talent looks like? Do, honestly, do you think he's a good evaluator of talent and knows what to bring in from what you've seen? I um I think it's too early to tell. I think this was a no. This was an obvious no, okay, um, this year. And I think it's too early to tell because this is his only recruiting class. So for me to make that assessment here, I think it's kind of unfair. Well, I, I don't. I, maybe you know. I think next year's the judgment year. I'm, I'm still. I'm not lost on Golding. Uh, it's disappointing that yeah, I made the comment about three or four games ago. He's lost his team. There's no doubt about it. You can't sit there and watch how they play today and say he has not lost the team. He's got two guys playing hard, and the rest going through the motion. I'm just hoping with a change in philosophy and maybe, you know, I, I think another big problem is we promote somebody like Brian Spriggs that might be a great guy, not a Division One assistant coach. So it's also the support network. He's going to have to bring in a top assistant coach that knows how to recruit, knows how to develop players, and, and move them along. We got we got Spriggs, who's young, Boykins, who has no coaching experience, and then Golding, who's a great coach. So I think something has to change in that realm and bring in a top recruiter and have a different emphasis on the type of player you bring in, not someone that just likes UTEP or wants to play for you. That doesn't matter. We need people who can play ball, and that'll make the biggest difference, man. But I, I'm not – off of Golding, I think next year is going to be the big deciding year, and we'll see what that brings. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, Hunter. I'll also say this to your point, and I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. I'll say this to your final point about you know Golding and uh, the philosophy on kind of building this team. This is on him. This is this is completely on him. And hey, it's up to him also to surround him with guys that he knows who can win him Conference USA championships. I mean, this league is tough, and it's not going to get easier. Next year is going to be tough as well. It's not like they're losing, uh, you know, FAU and they're taking a big step back. They still have Louisiana Tech in this conference, which is still good year after year. Middle Tennessee has proven to be a really good team. FIU is taking a step forward. Not to mention you're inheriting Liberty, who, which is a really good team in college basketball right now. You're also getting Sam Houston State, which is very competitive in the WAC. Liberty this year is 21 and seven. I mean, they're really good out of the. Sun Conference. So um, it, it doesn't necessarily get easier uh, next year, although some might think that Conference USA will be a little down. But I'll say this, you surround yourself by a coaching staff and you put a lot of emphasis on your lead assistant or your lead recruiter. I think the lead assistant who's going to help you with X's and O's has to be on the same pedestal as the uh, coach who's going to assist in bringing you top-level talent. Our telephone number, 915 Let's burn through more more calls. I appreciate Robert and George patiently waiting here with us. Let's go to Robert first. Uh, Robert, good evening. What's going on? How are you guys doing tonight? We're we're doing fine, Robert. What about yourself? 
very disappointed with UTIP basketball, to say the least. Um, just to have a quick question for you, and it's kind of frustrating. If you look where UTIP basketball is right now, we're in 10th, 10th place in the conference, you would say. Um, it kind of baffles my mind where we're at as a program. I hear you. I mean, but what did you expect? They only had three guys returning from last year. I, I don't want to make excuses, right? I'm not saying we all expected this team to kind of compete in the middle of the pack of conference, you say, and they're falling below expectations. I'm just Mike, saying, look, what what we're seeing right now is, yes, a disappointment of the season. Is it the be-all, end-all? I don't think so. Not yet. My question is to you guys is, what is it going to take for us to get back where UTIP belongs? I know I hate going back to the past. If you look at the 80s, we went to eight consecutive NCAA yeah. tournaments. The 90s NCAA tournaments. That we haven't come to a tournament since 2006. Yeah. And look where we're at. 2010, look where we're at, yes. pro- look where we're at program. Terry had the players. We couldn't do it. Everybody was thrilled to death. Oh, um, Tim Floyd is here. He couldn't do it. Everybody was happy about Coach Golden. He couldn't do it. It's just very sad to see where as a program with the fans not going out to the games. Um, but you can't blame the fans. We're just disappointed. Look at the product out there. It's just, I've just lost the words. It's frustrating losing to schools like this. And, and it's just year after year, the same old thing with minors. Wait till next year. Wait till next year. And to be honest with you guys, I am tired of waiting until next year. Hey, we're tired with you, man. We're 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 exhausted, Robert. Hey, we're if there's anybody <laughs> if there's anybody right now who's tired of this uh this UTEP you know, saying year after year, hey, wait till next year, wait till next year. It's us. I mean, we want to we want to talk with minor fans about uh, victories and hanging banners and excitement. I mean, last year got a little taste of that, knowing that the miners knocked off the best team in Conference USA, North Texas. Uh, they were riding the high of momentum. They had a new coach. Everything was great, and then they lost everybody in the in the off season for whichever reason. And then they brought a whole new team, just like most. Colleges, uh, college coaches do when they go in through this transition of a coaching staff. They bring in all their guys, and so that's what ends up happening. Is in this year, uh, year one of Joe Golding's recruits, it didn't work out. Next year, I expect to see a far different team than we saw this year. So, uh, Robert, I understand your frustrations. I think the path to success is a lot quicker in college basketball. You ask, what is it going to take? NIL money. That's what it's going to take. Better resources. That's what it's going to take to win uh, year after year, win consecutively or win consistently. Uh, you need the resources. UAB has their own NIL collective. They paid a lot of money for Eric Gaines, who came from LSU. And same for Jordan Jelly Walker, who could have walked to any Power 5 school over the offseason in the transfer portal. But he got some good money to stay at UAB. And that's just the facts. I mean that's no that's no lie that's that's facts. And you know what it's the NIL collective that's one part of it but you also got to look at the sustained success that UAB's right. had over the years. So it's 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 not like NIL is just going to fix it right away. There has to be some pattern of success. Like, it's got to be a balance, right? You you, you got to get the ball rolling at some point, right? With one or the other and then, you know, click both of them together, but it with UAB that's a that's a different beast. They know what they're doing over there. I, I agree with you completely, Sal. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. We get to George in just a second. Uh, first, let's get to a couple tweets really quick. King Eric tweets the show, There is nothing to say anymore. Frustration and disappointment have summed up this season. On the other side, Jelly Walker really is that man. He really is. 
Uh, really impressed by watching him. This coming from Adrian at Enemy Win 3. He tweeted the show, Did Golding go on the court and shove number 11 toward the baseline at the 12-minute mark? It was right before the travel call. He took him out and never put him back in. Uh, I didn't see that. I, I think you're alluding, or you're talking about Carlos Lemus, who wears number 11. I didn't see that, but um, I guess i got to go check the tape there, Adrian. I, I will. Uh, Town Miner tweets the show, In hindsight, would it just have been better if all of Rodney Terry's guys left as soon as Golden got hired? Last year's success with those guys was cool, but it offered no transition into this year at all. Felt like this is year one of a rebuild. Guys fight hard all the time, and I hope they stick around. Hashtag Miner Talk. Uh, what do you think about that tweet, Sal? No, you, you got to get all the success you could get. In the first exactly. place. Exactly. You know, you, you don't get that special win over North Texas at home to spoil their season. You you got to take those good moments. I, I, I get it. You're, it's basically like saying, hey, uh, why don't we just rip the Band-Aid off? I, I understand that, but I just don't agree with it. I don't agree with it either. Let's go to George next on the show. 915-505-6009 is our telephone number. George, good evening. What's going on? Well, I mean, I, I, I talked to you guys last week and, and – uh, I I think I'm on board with you guys. I'm I'm out. You know, I I was at the game. I I didn't see one of the things that that stuck out to me is is uh, you you replayed it and Golding said leadership leader leadership is exactly what you need here. And I think that there's a lack of uh, we need like you said, Adrian. You know, you need shooters. Uh, we can't go on these droughts and and expect uh, to come back from from these large. Uh, deficits and, and just expect you know that this team's gonna just pull it out of out of the bag it, it, it can't work that way i agree and with you I, I don't see anybody stepping up being that guy like you say that guy the one that says i'm gonna carry the team on my shoulders and you guys are gonna follow suit you know i don't see that i don't see anybody i see effort i see i see uh on Yema out there i see uh um Hamilton got uh, some minutes. That's right. Uh, yeah. Solomon was out there, you know, for for the duration of the game. He played an excellent game. I mean, it, it was it was good. It just they couldn't bring it together. And I think that's one of the things, Adrian, that, that we need to uh, we need a the key to it is these guys have not played that long together. There's no gelling. There's no consistency. When they get something good going. It's like they shoot themselves in the foot and then they turn the ball over or something bad happens. And it's just that there's no cohesiveness. There's no team leadership. There's no somebody saying, I'm going to take reins of this team. And I don't see it in Gibbons. I don't see it in Hardy. Uh, I, I Unfortunately, I don't see it in anybody. What do you, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, the leadership thing is tough. I mean, hearing that soundbite from Golding and then kind of evaluating it like you did right there, George, player by player, it's tough because I I go back to what Hunter said as far as singling out Calvin Solomon and Shamar Givens as maybe being the two leaders or guys that care the most. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just when you need when you rely on somebody to take over the game to be the guy, uh, they don't have that. They had Sule Boom last year who did that, and they took him for granted. And I think a lot of minor fans took Sule Boom for granted. And same with you know two years ago, Bryson Williams. You have him. 
he can carry you through stretches. You take him for granted and what he was able to do, fans, uh, players, coaching staff, whatever. Um, you don't realize what you have until people like that leave. And that's what happens right now. This is what UTEP's dealing with. They're dealing with the team right now that doesn't have that go-to scorer, doesn't have a Sule Boomer, Bryson Williams, and doesn't have that standout leader who's going to take you over the top and win you games. And that's that's hard to find in college basketball nowadays. That's, that's how I would characterize it right there. Uh, our telephone... Hey, Really appreciate the phone call, George. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Uh, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar IDFA Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Back on Minor Talk as we continue, 915-505-6009. couple tweets to get to, then we'll get to Kenny on the show. Uh, this is coming in from... Uh, let's see this. This is coming from El Aguacate. Oh, man. Uh, formerly <laughs> UTEP Mineto. Um, he says, give it to Z-Man, the Shams God. I love it. Um, Tristan Pence, always money with his tweets. Let's go. Uh, number one, once again, Onyema had a really good game. If that continues, it bodes well for the Miners moving forward. Tonight, UTEP played a superior team that could win the Conference USA tournament. Tristan continues. Number two. One thing really bothers me. UTEP is down 14 points in the second half and blows a 2-0 fast break because the the players were showboating. The Miners play hard but play low IQ basketball. That reflects poorly on the coaches. Um, There was a lot of those moments tonight. Um, You're talking about the fast break one. I know exactly which one. The two that are most obvious to me, uh, the, the dunk by Tay Hardy in transition that he rimmed. Uh, and then second, Shamar Givens goes to give the alley-oop to Tay Hardy, and he misses the wide-open dunk. Those are frustrating moments right there, and that does reflect on the coaching staff. It, re- it just at the end of the day does, because at the end of the day, you are who you are. And uh, that's just that's where the Miners are at this point right here. UTEP falls 79-66. to If you want to talk about it with us, our telephone number, 915-505-6009 to get into the show, 915-505-6009. More tweets to get to as well, but let's get to Kenny first. Kenny, good evening. What's up? Hey, how's it going, yo? Uh, Kenny Onyema back on the show. It's great to hear from you. Uh, we're doing fine over here. How are you doing, man? Uh, doing all right for the most part. Um, obviously, the loss is hard to uh, to kind of swallow because you see a lot of the behind the scenes of a lot of the players that put in the work um, that a lot of people don't know and that they don't really see. So it's kind of hard seeing that they put in all put in all that work and then it just doesn't execute when it's on the floor so yeah and I, I go to these practices Kenny and I understand where you're coming from when you're saying this because I see every they're making shots they're making free throws and then for whatever reason when the game is is on when the lights are on uh, they just don't do it it's weird it it's kind of a disconnect but that that separates you know good teams from uh, bad teams right there and unfortunately right now the miners are just not a good team at this point. I, I wouldn't say necessarily they're a bad team because they've competed pretty well against some of the better opponents in Conference USA, but they're not good because they can't win any of these games. Yeah, I agree. And and a lot of it has been other teams can shoot and we can't really. Um, when it comes to like the three-point shots, you can see the disparities and it's kind of the reasons why 
we lose a lot of the games just because they, they have these uh, shooters. I remember uh, a lot of people used to criticize uh, Satterfield last season because of the way that uh, he would have some games where uh, he was kind of inconsistent with the threes. But just that idea of having that, that shooter and that consistency, knowing that even though he can miss like six straight, you know he can make six more at any point. Um, just losing that, it, it, it plays a huge role because if you look at the stats, uh, a lot of it is they, they complete the rebounds, they do everything, they get the, the blocks, and then it's just that disparity is the rebound, uh, the three-point shots. I think it's a really good point. I, I think it's actually a, um, a very underrated take right here that you have, Kenny, because, look, I mean, we're, we, we constantly reference Sule Boom. We constantly reference Keontae Kennedy. But if UTEP simply had Jarrell Satterfield back, just his scoring abilities, not nothing else, uh, because sometimes Jarrell Satterfield lacked defensively. But if they just had him uh, as far as a sharpshooter goes, this year alone in uh, on Portland State, Jarrell Satterfield is shooting 38% from the field, but knocking down uh, 39% of his threes. So, I mean, that's telling you right there, UTEP could use that kind of near 40% three-point shooting uh, that they just don't have. And actually, last year, he was above 40% shooting from beyond the arc. He was one of the best three-point scorers in Conference USA until he kind of tailed off in the midway point of conference play last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, Kenny, we're gonna have to see what happens here. What do you think? Well, what do you think happens uh, when the season, when it's all said and done with this season? I mean, obviously, you, I, I still feel they obviously they have a chance to uh, to go pretty far, even though it's looking kind of pessimistic right now. Um, but just knowing that the work that they put in, uh, it, 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 at some point, it will show. It will show. Uh, just I, I'd say a lot of the games that they've been playing is just the perimeter defense and just seeing that those three point shots go in, obviously jelly was really good with those. Uh, he was hitting some circus shots. So oh, I, I know. know it's tough to defend on that, but it was a tough team. So just knowing that, uh, Fixing and working on that perimeter defense and and uh, staying aggressive is what will keep us going. Okay, all right, Kenny, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine to get into the show. Let's go to Rob, who's joining us next on the phone lines. Uh, good evening, Rob. What do you think of this one? I know it was frustrating for a lot of minor fans. Um, yeah, definitely, but um, I'm maybe not as frustrated as others because I'm just I've just uh, I've grown accustomed to, you know, what I saw tonight, but I just, I just see, uh, I look back on what I've seen this season versus the first UAB game in their building versus what we, what we saw tonight. And I feel like, uh, this team has regressed and I just think to myself, it's all at this point, it's a hundred percent mental. And, um, what, what do you think the mental part is, Rob? Because, like, what's the pressure, right? So, I, all right, so, like, just to give you context, um, I, I sat tonight with a buddy of mine that uh, graduated from UTEP, and he moved to Austin, and he's been in Austin for a couple of years. And this was his first um, UTEP game tonight of the season. And he, he loved the hustle and the effort and the energy, but – he was on offense. He was perplexed as to why they don't shoot threes. And I told him it's because they can't make threes. So he's like, well, if you can't make threes and they're playing zone, 
it's impossible to score. And I said, well, welcome to this season, man. And, you know, that's basically what it's come down to is uh, these teams. And Joe Golding had said it two weeks ago. He said, hey, the game plan is out on us. They're going to pack in the paint and force us to shoot. And tonight, UTEP decided to uh, try to get hard two buckets, which I don't blame them. But I just, in, in my head, it's, it's all mental, man. Like, um, and when when it comes to UCAP, it, 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 it's very similar to football, right? If the defense, <clears throat> the defense will play as hard as it can. And after a while, if they, if they can't get support from the offense, they're going to mail it in. And, um, you know, you saw that tonight, uh, specifically late in the second half. Uh, the defense and the effort, and no one's ever going to question their defense and effort and energy, but um, they just don't have uh, the offense right now. And it's like, it's really frustrating. And I, I'll, you guys will disagree with me, but, um, and you'll point back to that eight win Rodney Terry season, but he inherited, he inherited basically three starting freshmen. Um, that he had to recruit and start and play 30 minutes a day. And Evan Gilliard, who's like 5'7", he didn't have to uh, – Joe Golding didn't have to inherit that. He inherited a, a solid boom, and he had a more full roster. Good I argument. Like, Good argument. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have to build from scratch. He had a, a 30-point bucket getter, a 90% three-point shooter, along with his defensive intensity and – um, all that is, you know, there was glimpses. You know, you had Bryson, you had uh, Daryl uh, Edwards the guy from yeah. LSU, yeah, Daryl Edwards. You know, there was glimpses of excitement. Whereas, I mean, outside of last year, I don't, I don't really see that. So I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm not already done with this year. I'm looking forward, and I'm thinking to myself, how are we going to get to? Um, I don't even want to think about the conference tournament, but how are we going to get to being? competitive in basketball. Rob, um, Rob, serious serious question. What was the highlight moment of the Rodney Terry era? The day when they found out they were getting Jamal Bienemy? Like, what was the highlight day that you remember specifically of the Rodney Terry era here at UTEP? I remember uh, they, beat a, they beat a Texas Tech team at home that had made it to the Final Four the previous okay, year. Okay, that, that's a very it's fair brutal. moment. That was a very exciting moment for minor fans. That was That's a very that's fair good. moment. They sold out the exhibition game, and then uh, fast forward maybe like two or three weeks, they beat the Aggies by 20 here, and then they follow up with uh, good stretch. What do you call it a, a, a very a very narrow loss to the Aggies over there. But they also beat then, New Mexico at home. That's yeah, that stretch, was, and then they and then the a month after that they they fell apart in Hawaii. Yep, and I think I think to me the highlight. The Rodney Terry era was was that New Mexico win. It it it, it encapsulated uh, beating Texas Tech, beating New Mexico State by twenty, uh, beating the Lobos, and I think we were at an all time high until they um, went out of town for like I felt like six weeks and the wheels fell off. But I I really haven't felt that with um, with the Golding era. But I'm just thinking to myself as to how he can get to that point. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's going to take some, some recruiting, and I know NIL has a lot to do with that. I just, I just don't know where, where and how he gets players that play as hard as he wants to on defense, but can get buckets. It's yeah, it's going to be difficult, and it's a difficult task. 
It, yeah, it, it is. It's going to be a difficult task, Rob. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Uh, great points as always. Let's keep it moving. Let's get to Ed on the phones. Man, we got a lot of phone calls to get to today, Sal. Uh, man, let's let's keep it moving. Ed is joining us next on the show, 505-6009. That's our telephone number to get in the show. Ed, good evening. What's up? How are you? Ed, long time no talk. How you doing? <laughs> I know. I've just been sitting back into the uh, the bleachers. Are, are you calling in to talk thing. football or are you ta- calling in to talk some basketball? <laughs> There's actually so much to talk about. I love football. You know, you know, it's funny because Utah football has never really been consistently good, right? Over the year, over the history. Right. So once we hit November, it was already time to get excited about basketball because football was like, okay, we're not gonna, we're not going anywhere, we're not gonna get to the bowl. But it's just with this demo regime, it's been different. It, it's like I've been getting excited all the way to the very end. I mean, the last two seasons, look, we went to a bowl, and then last year, here we were at the the last game of the season with a chance to go to a bowl. So to me, uh, it, it's been a little bit harder to get into Utah basketball because I'm like, no, I'm pushing it off. I'm pushing it off. I'm excited about football, and that's the way it's been. I'm just being honest. So. I get it. I get it, man. I understand you're you're a diehard football fan, no matter what. I understand it a hundred percent. So, uh, so what what brings you to minor talk today here in in, uh, in basketball times? Well, you know, there's, there's so much to talk about, but I think there was there's two things in my mind. Number one is we we had so much positive energy last year when we ended the season. I still feel like there was a few players that could have stayed and they chose to leave. So that's one thing that's on my mind. And, I, and I'll wait for you guys to comment about that after, after we hang up. Wait, wait. Can you, say other, that, can you say that again, Ed? Okay. We retained three players from last year's team. Okay. But we ended up the season very positive with a new coach. Got it. Yes. Okay. Okay. I, and, I, I got and, what you're saying. Right, and it wasn't just Suli Boom that was hitting big shots. People always say Suli, but it was also Bienemy, and it was also the guy from Xavier. Those three guys were guys that could hit the big shot at the very end of the game. We don't have that at all right now, right? In fact, over the course of this season, it's like one piece of the puzzle is missing from every single game. Correct me if I'm wrong. At the beginning, of the that's pretty season, spot on. Run. It's like every game they do everything right except for one thing, and that one thing kills them. Exactly. At the beginning of the season, were we like one of the top teams in the country at at three point defense? Yes. Yes. And then, and yet here we are. We're giving up three pointers like crazy. You know what I mean? And then we we weren't that good of a rebounding team. We've become a better rebounding team but now we're losing it in some area. It's just like every single game, there's two, one or two pieces of the puzzle that are just not aligning, and that's the difference in the game. Right? I agree completely, Ed. I mean, you're, you're spot on on this. You're, you're hitting all the right, uh, right moves on this one. Okay, so let's talk about recruiting strategy because the honest truth is we're definitely going to need to find a person that can hit the big shot at the end. And I think that what, what, what college players look at is they say, okay, what's the brand of the coach? Well, the brand is that you're going to go full-blown-out defense, and that's what we're looking for. And I'm just wondering, like you said before, maybe he's going to have to tweak it a little bit 
because the honest truth is we don't have somebody that can hit the big shot. I disagree. I disagree there, Ed, because the bottom line, the they're not look, the recruit is not looking at the brand of UTEP. They're not looking at what kind of play they're they're doing on the court. They're looking how much money are they getting from UTEP. I'm sorry, but that's the bottom line uh, in today's college <laughs> athletics, in today's world. And UTEP, now that they have an NIL collective, they'll have to dip into that to see what kind of resources they can use uh, to try to get some of these players here. Well, if you, if you want to go back in time, Remember in the 70s, they had the Eldorados, and those are the guys that were generating uh, generating opportunities. And the question is, do we really have that now? Are we going to have to go back? Because there's, there's enough money in our alumni and enough money here in El Paso. We're going to have to start creating that. But if you'll remember, the, direct, the Eldorados were a very successful uh, arm of UTEP, and, and basically they were in bed with Haskins. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not familiar, but I, I need to. I need to. You're probably more familiar with this than myself. I'm just. It's before my time. That's the only reason. Well, you're going to have to do a little bit of research. I will. I'll, I'll do out. some digging on that. I like that. Good stuff there, Ed. Okay. All, All right. right. Hey, we solved some things today, Ed. Good call. Uh, give us another call before the season ends. We'll talk a little spring ball with you. We'll talk some. We'll get you excited about uh, uh, UTEP football. I know that Zay's big on UTEP football too. So, and you know, Sal, Sal, and I. We'll. we'll no, we can't. I can't even lie, Sal. I can't think of football until July. I really can't. I can't. I can't do it. You can't. Not even the uh, the XFL. Oh, I'm I'm all in on the XFL. I'm talking UTEP football. I can't do it until July, man. I'll watch a spring practice here and there. I'll I'll you know see how uh, Gavin Hardison looks, but no. Give let me wait. Give me uh Call me in July, then we'll talk. You know, that kind of thing. Hey, let's keep it moving. 915-505-6009. Still a lot of calls to get to. Mike from the West Side's next. Mike, good evening. What's going on? Well, it was another heartbreak of a game. Um, it seems like we could never gain any ground on him in the second half. But to hear the coach say after the game that it's a failure of leadership and nobody wants to be a leader. That that was a cringe moment, and let me tell you why. Yeah, I agree. When you're down by 14 and you have an open layup and you decide to play alley-oop, dunk the ball, showboat, when you're down by 14, I'll tell you where the leader is. It's called a coach, and you should have benched, he should have benched Shamar right there. I don't care what the score is. Show me a team that doesn't know how to take an easy two on a layup I'll show you a team that has trouble shooting free throws. Okay? Yeah. And yeah. the second thing I would like to see is, since we're going nowhere, have you seen Derek Hamilton and uh, Kevin Kalu on the court at the same time even once this year? No. Good question. Good question. Not at all. I mean, well, back in the day, we had Bohannon and Lang. We didn't uh, win the NCAA or anything, but we had two big guys that would tear up the middle. And if we're not going to be shooting threes, and you know they're going to go down low, I want to see these two guys out on the court. And every time he puts Derek Hamilton in, all he does is score two, three, four, five points, blocks up the middle. He's, he's been trouble for their big men all year long, and they take him out. I don't know if he's got the motor. Do you think it's a motor issue, Mike? Because that's the only thing that, in my head, would make sense, right? It's got to be a conditioning thing with him. No, it's a coach thing. Coach sits him down. At the beginning of the game, uh, Onyema scored the first four points, and he was tearing him up. 
And next thing, three minutes into the game, I turn around, and he's sitting on the bench. Like, what is going on here? These I hear what you're saying. Don't make, they don't make any sense. I just want to see, you know, maybe the last game, put Kalu and put Hamilton in there for 10 strong minutes and let them just bang and beat up the other team. Yeah, that's an interesting lineup. I've ne- I've never thought about that one with ha- Hamilton and Kalu down low. Uh, it seems like you're a Kalu fan. Do you want to see more from him? I'm I'm a Kalu fan. I also am, I'm a big Hamilton fan. I feel like the the yeah. poor kid just never gets a chance. As soon as he gets going, they sit him down. Yeah. Now I, I, I hear you. At this point in the season, I'd keep him in there till he fouled out. I wouldn't care. I mean, look, he's playing three minutes tonight. He could play a little more than that, I think. Yeah, I hear what All you're saying. All he does is score every time they put him in, and he blocks up the middle. He's too big to push around. I don't know if he's uh, is if he's fast enough to stay in front of some of these big guys, though. That would be my I, – I, we just haven't seen it. Like, we don't know. Like, I, I right. genuinely don't know. I, I haven't seen it. Um, I, I'll tell you what I have seen, Mike. This this might get you excited for next year. Uh, Jamal Sumlin is a baller. Uh, the guy who's redshirting for the Miners, the Cleveland right. high school prospect, I mean, he is an right. absolute baller. It's a shame that he, you know, he's redshirted this year. He had Mario McKinney ahead of him, and no one knew what was going to happen when it was all said and done that Mario McKinney would be indefinitely suspended and UTEP wouldn't have any kind of depth when it came to their backcourt. No one would uh, have a, have thought of that before the season started. But if they did know uh, things would have gone south in their backcourt, maybe they would have uh, you know not used that red shirt and, and actually thrown out Jamal Sumlin, even though he would probably be just as raw as some of these other guys. Uh, but just, well, like, just like I'm saying right now, I've seen him in practice, really good player. Good. And one other thing I'd like to bring up, going back to the the days of Cedric Lang and, and John Bohannon, um, they ran inbound plays when they were inbounding under the basket. And Bohannon or Lang, either one of them would score almost every other time we were inbounding the ball. When this team's inbounding the ball, you have to hold your breath because you think they might get a five-second call every time. They have no idea what they're doing. Fair point. It's uh, disorganized at time. Fair point. Offensively, there's just so many challenges, Mike. That's just the bottom line with this team. Yeah, it is. And the leadership starts with coach. I hear you. I hear you, man. Hey, good phone call, Mike. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Uh, we got to get moving. Got to get to another call here. Uh, let's go to Leon next, and then we finally burn through all our phone calls. Uh, if you've been trying to weigh in on the show and you have not gotten into the show, our telephone number is 915-505-6009. We've got two lines available. Now is the time to do it to give us a call, 915-505-6009. Leon, good evening. What's going on? Hey. Good evening, gentlemen. You got you guys are saints for taking all these calls, man. I felt bad. <laughs> I'm thinking you guys should probably like uh, we should let you go home. You know, uh, Leon, Le- Le- you know what? You haven't called in about uh, two, three months, so we we definitely need to take your call. Come on, man. We we need to hear what you have to say about this UTEP basketball team. Go ahead. Hey, hey I appreciate it. you guys do a fantastic job, um, and and nothing against all the loyal fans, man. We're throwing it back. We're talking about Rodney Terry. Jeez, man, I was, Hardy Terry's best moments. That was that was crazy there. Um, <laughs> you know, I know, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I mean, Dan, we're wishing for we're wishing to break the wishbone here. It's been a tough season, um, you know. And and I think a lot of great points were made tonight. Yeah, we don't have that shooter. You know, what's funny is and, and 
hey, I know you're watching these movies that Steve makes you watch, right? But um, this season just reminds me of a movie called Blue Chips. If you guys haven't seen it, all right, yeah. Nick Nolte. I mean, it's Nick Nolte. I mean, he, this guy had a legendary career. I don't know if Golding's quite there, but he's got a great, you know, uh, background. Uh, I like these fans that think they know more than Golding. Look, man, it's a tough season. You don't have shooters. You don't have horses. You know, we don't know what's going to happen next year. The, the the portal hit them really, really hard, and we were lucky to get some of the players we did. Um, it's going to be a tough ride, you know, but stay positive. We don't know what's going to happen from here to there. These guys might catch a little fire. I doubt it. But, you know, the least thing UTEP could do with 3,000 fans is turn on the heat in the, you know, the, the, the center. I mean, Let's get this right. And first of all, look at the product and understand that we need to do better. Maybe as fans, we need to do better supporting the university in many ways. I know it's a tough product. Got a good coach. Guys, uh, it's a tough season. That's all I'm going to say. Hope I made you laugh a little bit. But yes, hey, you watch did. Blue yeah. chips. Um, okay. So hopefully they get the heat on. We're going to lose some of these older fans that still stick with us. Come on, you <laughs> Anyways, you guys have a great evening. Enjoy. Take care, guys. Hey, take care, Leon. Appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Whew. All right, we did it, Sal. That was like Black Friday shopping at Walmart. What happened? <laughs> this was a, a, you know, we were thinking, all right, 15 <laughs> minutes, we're, down, we're out of here. Uh, phone lines were lit That's up funny. for sure. You know, I think I'll just say this. As far as the reaction we got from our listeners, I think it all stemmed from that soundbite today. That we we played Probably about the leadership, so, yeah. I think that set fans off. Um, under, I understand why. I get it. I I see why fans feel so passionate against that answer. And um, some wanted to point fingers at head coach Joe Golding. Some are pointing fingers to the team and saying, "Hey, we'll wait till next year with Joe Golding." But this team just doesn't have it. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's just year two. That's all I have to say. It's only year two. I'm not ready to overgeneralize. I was overgeneralizing uh, with year three of Rodney Terry. I was very fair in the first two years, and I think you were too, Sal. Um, let's see what happens. Year three. We're, we're in for it. Also, year two with Rodney Terry featured a – uh, a colossal landslide, which we mentioned. So yeah, th- so many different uh, things to think about. It's it's a roller coaster, really. Like no, not trying to be cliche or, or corny or any of that, but it really was. Like you had the highest of the highs, lowest of the lows. You experienced just about every emotion, right? You, you got some good wins, some very very ugly losses, and then there was some mediocrity along the line, you know, for the average. But uh, all in all, it's uh, it's just so funny because. People were looking for a team that was just going to go hard all day and, and you'll give up the talent for for guys who believe in their coach. Well, you got that. And it's almost like it's it's almost reversed. So uh, it's just it's true. very interesting how it plays out. However, um, I'll say this. The fact that they're in games at points, at some point it has to crack. I don't know if it's going to be this year. They, they may get a, a, a big win this year. You know, at, at some point in the final stretch, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, but but ultimately, like I think we've seen what this team is—a team that's gonna that's gonna fight to the very end. They get outlasted. If they get bested, then so be it. But um, it, it's gonna be all on the floor. And ultimately, when you know, if you're out there saying, "Hey, this team just isn't talented enough," then you gotta live with that effort. I agree with you completely, Sal. Our, our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. We're gonna take our one and only break here on the show when we. Come Come back. Awards, final tweets. We'll wrap this one up as Minor Talk continues. Presented by the Oscar Addy at the Agency. We'll be back after this on 600 ESPN El Paso.
All right, final segment here, Minor Talk. Thanks for everybody who called in on the show. We were just joking about you know people keeping us here. Uh, very appreciative of people uh, welcoming us back here um, and uh, filling up the phone lines. Really appreciate that. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. If you'd like to duck in a late call, now is the time to do it. 915-505-6009. All right, let's burn through all these tweets. Let's get to some awards, and we'll wrap this one up. Eric Fournier with a pair, with a pair of tweets. Why does Coach Joe Golding stay with Carlos Lemus so much? He's a walk-on at best. I just don't understand. Chi-Town Miner tweets the show. Get ready for a march full of former miners. Boom at Xavier, Kennedy at Memphis, Titus at Northwestern. Even Christian Agnew's Southeastern Louisiana team is a contender in their conference. Are we rooting for them or nah? Why not? I'm rooting for them. Hey, you all want, of them. You, you want minor uh, postseason success, right? Yeah, there you go. You <laughs> it's related want... <laughs> somehow? Yeah. You want to see some miners playing some postseason and, moves, and, right? Any coach with some ties, even if they played against UTEP within the last 100 years, or, or Texas Western College, if you want to put it that way, sure. So, matter of fact, there's a lot of uh, UTEP basketball in March this year. Uh, appreciate UTEP Zay for pointing this out to me recently, and I'll mention it here. Keontae, we we talk about Sule Boom so much uh, for Xavier, what he's done for them. Keontae Kennedy has balled out uh, in a huge way lately. He is number one across the American Athletic Conference in three-point percentage. We talk about Sule Boom's three-point percentage. Keontae Kennedy is shooting 46% from three-point range, 58% from the floor right now. He's absolutely on a tear uh, here for the Tigers as they are 20-6 and six right now, heating up, playing really good basketball, looking like they're going to run away with uh, um, well, they're, it looks like they're going to have a good shot to try to contend for the American Athletic Conference, knowing that they've got teams like Houston, uh, teams like UCF, teams like SMU, Cincinnati, good teams uh, in that conference. But big shout out to Keontae Kennedy. He's been on a tear lately. Uh, Eric Fournier with another tweet. This UTEP team is the most difficult team that I've ever had the pleasure of watching. Pretty sad because I've been watching since the early 80s, starting to lose faith in Coach Joe Golding, consistently coming out flat, and talent evaluation is concerning. You know what, Adrian? It, it, that's a good good point there because you and I were texting earlier today and we're like, hey, what should we look for? You know, things to, to bring up on Minor Talk. And one of the things we mentioned was like the final five of the first half, which was incredible for UTEP, but then that first five of the second half and just completely unable to uh, to help themselves, right? And, and a large part of it is UAB is a monster. We know that. But aside from that, though, you can control how you play and they just came out absolutely flat to start the second half that's a big reason why they were uh they had to try to climb out of another hole they dug themselves into yeah and to your point sal first five minutes uab went on an eight to two run mm-hmm. so there you go i mean you close out the first half so positively but then in the start of the second half you allow uab to come out guns blazing uh and really not looking back after that so yeah, yeah. it's the bottom line um this one coming from jonathan byers actually jonathan byers with some good tweets tonight um let me see. Let me find a good one from him, though. <laughs> uh, he had some good ones, I, I, I will say. Uh, I thought that everything 
kind of came together tonight, take away seven of our 15 total turnovers, and we win this game unless Jelly Walker hits a uh, contested three, which he's known to do. We limited our threes and played pretty well defensively. we got to win these types of games. We'll see what UTEP can do when Onyema is not in a mismatch like he was tonight against other teams who have the size advantage over Onyema. I expect UTEP to miss three-point shots, be mediocre from the free throw line, be a disadvantage size-wise. With that being said, we can win when we're, quote, limited threes, run the fast break, play good scrappy defense, take advantage of any mismatch, ride hot hand, and limit turnovers. Uh, That's all coming in from Jonathan Byers. Adrian at EnemyWin3 tweets the show, Hunter can decide whether he wants a good coach or a good recruiter. And he also said, the biggest frustration is that we could have kept Rodney Terry, hired Chris Jans, or Jerome Tang. They are all leading Power 5 schools. Different situation, I would just say. Different yeah. situation. And it's tough, right? Definitely, without a doubt, all three coaches deserving of that look. So it's it's. Uh, I'm not going to go the route to say, hey, they should have chose another guy. I mean, the one who I wanted originally was Jerome Tang. But ultimately, when you have a coach who has your players bite into what you're doing, that's, that's something that people were longing for, right? They didn't feel that sense with Terry. But then people didn't want Rodney Terry here and look what he's doing at Texas I know the resources are there don't get me wrong but he brought the players that he did to UTEP with his connections alone that's true so when you pair him up with good resources along with his knowledge in that recruiting world that may be all you need to to coach at a different level I mean it's it's just it's different parts coach Tang is long overdue for a head coaching spot and then for for coach Chris Jans I mean we've seen what what he could do we saw it out at New Mexico State we saw it with the previous 10 years and we see what he's doing now with Mississippi State so I, I don't think it's fair to say that you picked the wrong guy because UTEP's a, a much tougher place to uh, to do it at yeah that's a very fair point Sal uh, let's keep Keep it moving on Twitter. Mike Arek tweets the show. UTEP basketball, no heart, tired ass. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Hennessy tweets the show. Some of these UTEP fans have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to the energy and wanting to be a minor. It's simple. Other teams can shoot threes and we can't. People seem to forget Terry is a good recruiter, but we're lucky to keep one of them. Hashtag minor talk. And then he also says the hard work of these athletes should be criticized. Each and every one of them put in the work in. Oh, he, I think he meant should not be criticized. Uh, hard work should not be criticized. Coming from Hennessy. Okay, uh, last tweet. El Aguacate tweets the show. Joe John Sr., formerly UTEP Mineto. Got to take the basketball to the rim. Hashtag minor talk. Good well, analysis. He did, but what happened on those dunk attempts? Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I that wasn't it. the whole game, but it didn't help out. Um, our hot hand of the game. This is brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. We appreciate Wind Supply El Paso for all they do for us on the show. Uh, you can check out Wind Supply El Paso online, windsupplyelpaso.com, and they are the local provider of champion heating and cooling systems here in this area. Uh, our hot hand of this one, it has to go to him, Calvin Solomon, on an 8-0 run alone to close out the second half. 13 points to finish this one, 5 of 13 from the floor. He totaled four rebounds, had two turnovers, Turnovers and five steals in 32 minutes of action. Calvin Solomon, hot hand of the game. You good with that, Sal? 
Yeah, I do like it, especially when uh, you have that 8-0 run all by himself. We talked about what the team needs. They need offense in, in any way that they could get it, but to provide an 8-0 run all on your own is is huge. So definitely gives you something to look forward to with Solomon in the future. Uh, he showed that he could do it today against uh, one of the top teams in conference play. Now it's a matter of seeing that on a consistent night. We're not asking 8-0 all the time, but you know to, to be that guy on offense for, for a good part. Yep, Calvin Solomon winning the hot hand of the uh, game award brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Now, coming up next, it's our player of the game. This one, a big uh, thanks to Keith Southwest. They are the industry leaders in precision metal stamping since 1958 with locations across the U.S. and in Mexico. That's Keats Southwest. You can learn more online at KeatsSW.com. Uh, for our player of the game, no surprise, Zarek Onyema, career high, 16 points, 7 of 11 from the floor in this contest. Also contributed with two rebounds and a steal, two blocks in this game, 22 minutes of action for Zarek Onyema, uh, who was just you know great on the offensive side. He really provided UTEP uh, with their only scoring spark of the game, I thought. Zarek Onyema, he's played well throughout the last month, and he uh, deserves his player of the game award yeah and to do it against a team um i know that the final numbers right as a squad show that uab out rebounded utep they played bigger than utep but when you when you can have your big you know take over for a good chunk of the game against a team who's very aggressive <laughs> against the bigs um you know I, I gotta give credit there and also very efficient too. seven for 11 you mentioned the career high 16 points but how about this as well him being able to uh to get two blocks and a um and a steal to his credit so he was pretty active tonight all over the floor. Still want to see him play a bit bigger on the glass, but definitely filled in in other areas. No, I'm with you, Sal. Uh, Zarek Onyema, player of the game. That's brought to you by Keith Southwest. Uh, turning the page, it's North Texas Saturday. We'll have the coverage for you. Countdown to tip-off, 6.30. Minor talk right after. And then uh, after that, FIU on the road, Florida Atlantic on the road next week. Uh, but that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you to everybody who called in on the show. Thanks to all the people who sent messages to us on Twitter. Thanks for listening to the show. I mean, really appreciate it. We had some great callers, great listeners. Love doing this as always. Uh, and hey, we're winding down the season, Sal. This is a hibernation time. After the week Man, of right. March 11th, you and I go to into hibernation and then we're back in action in August, August 27th. Yeah, that's exactly right. It'll be a while before we, uh, before we dust off these microphones again and uh, do minor talk all over again. However, we could still catch you on um, on Sports Talk with Steve. Shout out to you guys, by thank the you, way. Thank amazing, you, thank you. amazing job. Shout out to you guys, dude. Thank you all nah, for, we, for doing the show. You guys killed it. I listened to both podcasts. <laughs> they were great. Thank you, thank you. Now, we, we just hang out. That, that's all it is. But no, you guys did amazing. Thank you. As man. usual at Radio Row. Uh, but yeah, we'll still catch you there. Then also to uh, Chihuahua's Baseball. That's right. That's where we, we'll catch we, you, my friend. That's right. I'll do the updates and uh, want to give a big shout out to uh, Tim Haggerty as well. His new book is coming out soon. Uh, so check it out at I don't have the name off the top of my head, but I will have that later. I'll tweet it out. So check it out. Tim Haggerty uh, with his book coming pretty soon. As a matter of fact, while I'm at it, let me just look it up here. Uh, but Tim Haggerty coming up, you know, in a couple of... Uh, Trying to look it up, too. Oh, I got it here. Uh, it's it's Tales from the Dugout. It's like 1,001 yeah. humorous and inspirational and wild antidotes. Um 
that uh, that he's writing about. I love nice, this. Nice, nice. Available on Amazon. Amazon uh, bestseller. For a guy who's done well over a thousand games, I don't even think he's he's scratched the surface for all the stories that he's put in this book. So definitely some great work. Um, I'll be checking it out for sure. Hey, release date is March 28th. There you go. Almost Mark it there. on your day. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I love it. Uh, big shout out to Tim Haggerty. I love it. I love the way we worked that one in there, Sal. That was good stuff. Uh, that'll do it for us here on the show. UAB defeats UTEP 79-66 for Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Broadus signing off tonight, and thank you so much for listening here to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.